Welcome to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. Marketing is our passion, and as a chapter, we hope to inspire dialogue, fuel creativity, and create a community for marketers everywhere. Let the inspiration and dialogue begin. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe to our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Hello, we're your Marketers in Motion podcast hosts. I'm Josh Janowiak. And I'm Megan Pear. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that stuff, Megan. I know. Can you believe it's 2021? We made it. <laughs> we did survive, although I don't know that the start to this year has... Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we won't go there. Maybe we will, because we have to talk about uh, what has happened since we have heard from our guest back in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's set the stage. So back in April, we planned to discuss how organic engagement reached an average low of 0.07% in 2019 and how marketers can ensure their brand's message is being seen, but more importantly, heard using digital media without the constant pay to play model. Now, since then, the pandemic hit, of course, and marketers have helped shape how we communicate with audiences and bring new content, videos, and events to life via virtual formats. How can we as marketers in an age of digital content saturation reinvent and find ourselves pushing to move our brands to the top of a sea of samesies? What we do is not unique, but how we do and how we share it can be. So the key is to capture attention, amplify our message, and keep our audience coming back for more. Ultimately, we are becoming a destination that attracts the right leads to your message without the constant needs to spend more money on ads. On today's podcast, we'll talk about how we amplify our social media messaging, zeroing in on some best practices to turn your followers into true fans, your clients into advocates, and your community into collaborators without an ad budget, the art of capturing attention organically, and the flywheel formula and tools it takes to keep it, and how to take your message and become the standout brand. That is a great topic, lots to, to hear from our guests today. Um, but before we dive into things, we want to thank all of our amazing AMA West Michigan sponsors who, of course, support our podcast and our entire AMA West Michigan season, which has been virtual this year. Um, so first, a thank you to our podcast sponsor, River City Studios. Josh, I know you're, you're there today. Um, again, it's always nice to have somebody in studio. Yep. And uh, we continue to be grateful for them. You know, even in these remote times, they've offered us just a lot of support. So huge shout out to River City Studios. If you haven't checked them out yet, um, they are open and they're offering recording, mixing and mastering for podcasts, TV, film, radio and musicians. So check them out online at riverstudios.com. We'd also like to thank our annual sponsors. They support our programming year round. um, And we, of course, appreciate their continued support during all these crazy times. So a huh, huge shout out to our gold sponsors, MI Biz and Viscom Media. 
our silver sponsors, Pageworks, Bird and Bird Studio, and Red 66 Marketing, and our bronze sponsors, OFA, and hopefully we can get back there soon, Grand Valley State University Conference and Event Planning. Let's dive in today. I'm super excited. Uh, Jeff DeHaven is the president and CEO of Digital Mitten. Uh, his passion for digital marketing began right after he graduated high school in 2003. And at that time, Jeff launched the first social media agency in the Flint Saginaw region. And he specialized in training and consulting for MySpace. Everybody remember MySpace, right? <laughs> um, over the years, DeHaven has served as the president of Social Media Club, vice president of Social Media Association of Michigan, producer of Michigan's largest social media conference, and was the founder of Geek Breakfast. Today, Jeff works tirelessly to remain one of Michigan's most known and referred to social media resources. His company, Digital Mitten, has had the opportunity to help clients utilize digital platforms to raise awareness and revenue from all over the state and beyond. And some of these companies, some great names here, include TLC Television Network, the Bavarian Inn Restaurant, Purdue University, Pioneer Sugar, and many more. In his spare time, DeHaven is honored to serve as the social media contributor to his local CBS, NBC, and Fox News radio affiliates. He also produces a podcast series, maintains an online educational community, and stars in an award-winning YouTube series, Digital Mitten. And he's also currently working on finishing his first book. Wow. Welcome, Jeff. We're excited to have you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Did you grow up in the Flint Saginaw area? I grew up in Midland, actually. I like to say I'm sponsored by Dow. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I'm a fellow insider as well, right around that area. So I, I love to, to see the fellow insider. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've got some good friends over that part of the, uh, don't they call that the sunrise side of the, the state? I don't know that I've I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that either. You've never heard that? <laughs> well, I guess I'll take it. Sure. Sure. I'm going to go buy that domain. <laughs> Somebody said that somewhere. It's it's the east side, so that would make sense, right? New hashtag. Exactly, exactly. So before we get into the, the content, what is your book about? It's going to be about social media. Surprise, surprise. But um, so a little bit about a teaser for it is, is what I've seen over the years. And like I said, I've done this now for 18, which just seems crazy to me because I thought for sure that I would be doing this for a little bit. Everybody would get it and I would be out of a job. But um, social media has grown, there's more platforms, it's more complex, it's more time consuming, and, and here we are. So, um, but what I've seen is a lot of individual who maintain social media, because there's so much to go with it. I mean, social media has never turned off. Uh, it's always on holidays and weekends, it doesn't matter. So um, I see like passion kind of fades. So I look at like business owners, and I like to go back to the day when they just were thinking and brainstorming on how their business was going to be. And then after a few years in it, that kind of gets diluted and you just kind of start doing the day to day and that passion kind of fades. And so if you don't have that passion, that certainly is perceived on social media and the tone and in this content that you're sharing. So this book is all about how to keep that passion going, how to create that excitement online. So then your fans and your audience is excited about what you have going on as well. We had you speak to our members back in September that actually kicked off our 2020-2021 season. And so much has happened since then. Social media has played a huge part in a lot of these things. So what has been happening in your world since we last chatted? And what are you seeing in the landscape of social? And I know we don't have to go to the, the political side of things on so much because I know that there's 
so much happening with that that's just started happening since the first of the year. And I do want to touch on that at some point, but um, I mean, feel free to keep it more about the uh, creative marketing content that we're, we're talking about to at least to get things started. Well, uh, I see that it's a bad idea to buy parlor stock. So I should have sold that a long time ago. But yeah, like you said, a lot of things have changed. Um, and for me, the excitement of doing this has always been the fast pace of things and how it's never the same old and it's never a dull moment. So that's for sure. Um, but what we've seen since September is just uh, the ability to really um, showcase like that inspiration and showcase that fun side. I know for us, any client that we have, and we've been talking about this in our office for a while, anything that we can kind of show something to lighten the mood, show something that can just create some laughs and some chuckles and just to kind of you know, make somebody's day in that regard has really elevated uh, quite a bit. So we've been kind of fading off of like more of the selling side and just talking more on like showcasing that personality and showcasing that like um, that community aspect of a company, even though I know it's more challenging to do things in the community with uh, with social distancing and all those different things. But we've really uh, looked at ways to kind of elevate that. So an example would be uh, like we have a credit union client and with you know, the inside clothes, the drive through has been quite backed up. So we looked at that as a challenge, even though it's not necessarily a social media challenge, but we also look at how social media can be a benefit to create that experience. So what we did is we looked at how we could hire somebody like a stilt walker that can walk up and down the cars just as something as entertainment. And you know, that's going to be something that people are going to take a photo of and share that online and be like, hey, my credit union is better than yours. Um, so it's how can you create those life in the moment opportunities that are going to get that uh, automatic social media exposure. So that's kind of the some of the stuff that we've been pivoting into that direction on how can we create something, even something as simple as like putting a little yard sign uh, in a drive through and have like a tip or a question. And then a little bit further, actually have another sign that has the answer to that. So things like that that we've come up with, um, or we've even said like for the answer, go to you know our Twitter page, you go to this or go to that. So how to take something in in, in the moment and then get them online from that. So uh, so those are some of the things that we've really looked at. Uh, certainly during the holidays, we looked with um, our clients and how we could do things as far as the community. So things like bringing technology. So we had some companies. Uh, have contest and have people nominate like a senior citizen facility that they could provide some web equipment so that people were able to touch base with their family and their friends on Christmas Day since they physically couldn't. So seeing how these companies, again, could provide a need um, and allow them to get exposure online and allow them to certainly change people's lives is things that we focus on too. So that would kind of be like my recap of how I've seen things change, but how I've seen companies pivot in a positive direction uh, to make things a little bit better. So Jeff, I know uh, back in September, when you talked to our members, you were kind of asking them to reflect and, and kind of see what the pandemic taught us and what uh, social media really did to help fuel some things. And some of the things that you talked about were, you know, people just wanting something familiar. Um, they turned to social media for an escape or kind of what you were talking about, that little sense of joy, those happy moments. Um, but I think the biggest thing was it was a way for people to connect and to kind of regain that connection that we were all missing. So can you talk a little bit about how social is kind of, or how the pandemic has kind of affected social and how we've used social media to 
you know, help fuel that connection. Yeah. So when the pandemic happened, when we physically couldn't see each other, I mean, social media was all we had to really have that connection. Uh, So we saw people, you know, gravitating towards that. We also saw that um, if you weren't up on social media, utilizing social media, you really had no other choice because that's the only way you could communicate with the fast pace of hours changing or closers or different ways that you're now providing services that you weren't prior. Uh, You couldn't get your website updated as quick. And so social media was the only avenue to get that information out in a timely manner. Um, So we saw that Um, for us, um, you know, even things like that, that FaceTime or using messenger video or anything like that, or zoom that everybody now is exposed with. And it's vital to show showcase who it is that we are as a company, who are the personalities within our brand, how are the average consumer able to, um, kind of connect with us as far as like similarities it could be. And that's why I always like videos. Videos allows you to showcase your knowledge. It allows you to showcase your um, your personality that people can connect with. It allows you to show more uh, of what's going on. You can showcase your environment of something before you step in the door. And it also allows you to kind of point people in the right direction. So you can say, hey, we're not doing services where you can come inside, but for curbside, here's how that works. And you can kind of walk them through that whole process and they can quickly understand how it is that they can use and do business with you uh, in a quick manner. So that's kind of some of the things that I've seen with social media. I know that we've done our share of Zoom bingo nights with the family and friends. Uh, We've done our share of, um, for me, what I've really liked doing is, as most of our meetings with our clients are now by Zoom. And so what I really try to do is find something that happens in our conversation and make that kind of a life moment. So for example, one of our clients was eating some grapes and she said that they were called circus grapes. And I'm like, what is that? I've never heard of circus grapes in all the years that I've been around. Have you guys heard of them? Never. Yes. The cotton candy grapes. Yeah. The cotton candy grapes. I was like, what is this? There's no cotton candy grapes. So I went, I was at the store like two days later after our meeting and I saw them there. I took a photo, I texted it to the client and I said, I found them. And then that night I did like a taste testing and went live on Facebook and talked about it there. Um, And then like our next meeting we had, which we had a follow-up just a couple days later, and uh, we, we brought somebody in that's not typically part of our meeting. And I said, okay, Jessica, before we get any further, do you know what these circus grapes are? And we just kind of, you know, brought up that moment because we couldn't really connect any other way. So I try to like find like bite-sized moments to kind of make it more personal or like, I know uh, the, the listeners can't see us, but what I've been doing for my meetings so far this year is I have these 2021 glasses and I say, okay, <laughs> let's start talking about 2021. And then I put these on for that period of time. And just kind of things like that to, to make it more uh, of a moment, make it more of a, of a memory. Um, so those are the, some of the things that I've been utilizing social media and this digital connection for. I love the glasses, by the way. We'll have to get a, a picture for our listeners and, and post that up there. But I okay. think you're right. I think with the pandemic, though, a lot of companies were kind of, I don't want to say force, but it kind of just threw them into like, we have to turn to social as a way to engage with our audience in these more humanized uh, moments. I saw a lot of companies who are maybe a little bit um, hesitant to use things like Facebook Live or video because they just, you know, had fear about that in the past. They were turning to things like that. I mean, have you seen a lot of companies kind of try to create some more of these these humanized moments and, and leveraging social for that? 
yeah. And I, and I was like, we can't ask for a better adoption rate than <laughs> something like this. It's like the people that never did online ordering, never did curbside, never would try online buying now are all about it. And once they kind of get that taste of the convenience and the, uh, the ability to do so, that's something that certainly is going to, going to last for, for years to come. So, um, so what I was able to see is it's kind of cut it out where we had clients that just were reluctant to do those things that this kind of forced them uh, to move in that direction, which really helped us to kind of get things moving that we've been wanting to accomplish for a while. Because with us, if we don't have it on a digital component, it's very hard for us to measure the ROI. And so we want to make sure that we can have that component so we can say, okay, because of this, we were able to push it to online sales. Like we have a, a mall right now. Um, and we've had them for a number of years and we can show our online growth and how we look online, but we can't physically show this post brought you into these stores because a lot of their stores are national, you know, and we don't have that information to say, and, you know, we can show foot traffic through the doors, but we just didn't have that component. So what we did during the, um, the pandemic is we immediately found an individual who he's like a comedian entertainer, does comedy shows, he does magic shows. And so he immediately started to pivot because he had no ability to do shows besides, you know, Zoom and things like that, but it just wasn't really paying the bills. So what he immediately did is he started a delivery service, same day delivery, usually in one to three hours, anything you wanted from anywhere. And so we immediately partnered up with him for the mall and said, hey, we will pay a portion of your delivery fee. The consumer will pay the other portion and we want exclusive so that you're not doing any of our other local malls and that we are able to get our products into the hands of those people where you think about like Claire's or um, Hot Topic and those types of stores don't have a delivery service besides if you order from their website. Um, and so this was our ability to finally beat Amazon and get you the product in an hour or less. Um, and so it allowed us to kind of look at how we can get a step ahead uh, from some of our competitors, even some of the big ginormous competitors that typically we want to have ability to compete with. So that was the stuff for me that I was just excited to say, okay, how can we break down some barriers? How can we try some new things? And how can we get above this pandemic in a positive direction? Yeah, I, I love just to see how people have been creative, um, how people have been pivoting, I, you know, my mind goes to a lot of restaurants, of course, because, you know, those who have, have been shut down, but are able to offer, uh, you know, some of their products for, for takeout, just the kind of stuff that they've done and the rebranding that they've done and the systems that they've, they've set up. I'm a West sider on the West side of, of Grand Rapids. And there's a couple of uh, restaurants, one right across the street from each other. There's a microbrewery that does awesome wood-fired pizzas and there's a distillery across the street and they kind of i think together they kind of feed off of of each other in the summer um they had their parking lots they had you know uh service out in the streets and you were ordering by app and then the server would bring it out to you know minimize con uh contact with the server the pizza place uh you know put a new window outside uh where there was no window in this this historic old firehouse and uh now it's their walk-up takeout window and um you know they've got their app and they're promoting their specials on all of the different social media sites i think for uh, uh, a business too that has a storefront it can be particularly challenging because now there are there's there's you know whether you're on yelp and TripAdvisor, and you're on Facebook, and every time that something changes with all of the the pandemic, 
Um, you know, for example, the organization that I work from is a, a recreational community slash campground. So we're on all of those. And every time something changes, I have to remember to go on and update, you know, hey, we're temporarily closed or our office is open. And I see that that can be a little bit tricky for people. So um, just in the, in the sense of being overwhelmed, any advice that you have for marketers on how they can make sure that, you know, they're, they're not spreading themselves too thin, that they're only on the social media channels that matter and that they are, you know, which ones do matter and which ones they should be giving their attention to. Yeah, great question, Josh. And that's something that we we talk about a lot is it's very hard for a national brand to do really well on every single platform, let alone a locally owned small business to do that as well. And so what you really have to identify is what platform are you seeing the most interaction and engagement? Because really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many followers or likes that you have. If they're not interacting with your content, then you're really not making a difference at the end of the day. So the, the posts or the platforms where you're seeing that happen the most, that's where I'd kind of go all in as far as your time and effort um, and kind of minimize some of the steps if you're gonna do some other things. So even us as a social media company, we have a LinkedIn page for the company, but the company doesn't post. I'm the one out there when we have community functions and events and networking opportunities that people see and meet with. And so I have my own presence and I share a little bit about Digital Mitten on my page and I encourage like uh, other brands that we work with to do the same. Same thing with Twitter. Twitter has not been something in the, what did you call it? The sunshine <laughs> mitten or whatever, uh, whatever you call it. Sunshine side of the state. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever that is. Um, it hasn't been so super active uh, in this area. So that's something that we kind of set aside, even though we do service, as you know, clients beyond. Um, but again, we like to practice what we preach. And so we went all in on Facebook and we went all in on Instagram. I'm personally on Twitter, like I said, personally on LinkedIn, and I'm, you know, playing around on some of the other platforms as well, but we are primarily the most active on those two. And those are where we see the most traction. And those are where we were able to measure, um, what it is that we're doing. So what I always look at people to try to do is keep things simple. Um, and, and there's a lot of tools that put that into place, you know, if you don't have somebody who can help do video editing, do Facebook, Instagram live. No editing is needed for that. If you don't have somebody who can do, um, you know, graphic designs or those types of things, then take photos of your products. We all have, you know, good enough cameras that we can capture, you know, quality photos, especially with the multiple lenses on most of the newer models of, of phones. So we can get that blurred background and those types of things very easily. Uh, and it looks like high professional photos. Um, so I try to look at it from that perspective. I also encourage people to, to kind of step back the amount of posts that they do. Let's put something out there, let it get momentum. And, and then in a few days, put something else out there. Um, as you mentioned, as we kind of started this, this interview is, uh, the 0.07% of, of visibility and how, um, social media has really pushed down that organic visibility. Um, and that even brought the attention to utilize Facebook, Instagram stories. There's still a ton on a brands that don't utilize that on a regular basis. And that's really a good way to get organic visibility and get, you know, top of mind awareness by being at the top of those apps every time somebody comes comes back to that platform. So, uh, so those are some of the things that we've talked about on how our clients can benefit during this, this time frame and how they can really make it manageable for them. 
So I know we talked a lot about pivoting. I, I feel like that was the word of the year for marketers in 2020. Yeah. Um, and I, I know a lot of companies did a really great job at adapting um, their social presence and, and what they were putting out there. But let's talk, okay, we've adapted, we've pivoted. What are some of the things that we can now focus on to really amplify our message and what we put out there? So what are some kind of tips and tricks that we should keep in mind with our social? So I always say, I mean, obviously it's a new year. We always want to try and do new things. Um, and again, as, as I said, you know, practice what we preach. So we decided to do something like we're not very selly on our social media. We like to show what we're doing, where we're at, the fun side of the company, behind the scenes, those types of things. But what we decided to do was put out a post and we just did a single post and we called it 2021 and just kind of highlighted that. And so what we decided is um, as I mentioned too, um, social media is never turned off, but our company always closes between Christmas and new years. Um, but I ended up working most of the time anyways, but this year we were able to really push forward. Uh, we had like a countdown in our office and counted down to the, to the closure. And I was, I was able to go like three solid days without touching my laptop, which is a record. Um, I, I remember working on my honeymoon. I remember working when my child was born in the hospital, even when we go to like a trip to Detroit, the laptop comes with me, like it's always with me. And so to be able to like have it there, but not touch it for three days was amazing. And so I fully felt refreshed and ready to go and ready to come back into the new year. But what I decided to do was post something to say, okay, I'm only committing to doing 21 training sessions to kind of play off of the year. And I'm giving companies 20 days to book at a special price. And again, it kind of has that sense of urgency. It has that call to action. Um, and it's kind of a little bit more steadily than, like I said, we traditionally did. And from a single post, I had eight people book to be part of that. Um, and so I'm like, all right, to be almost halfway sold out is a success moment we would, we would grant from a single post. And so I always encourage people to try something different, try something new. But also look at is how can you... Um, kind of mix some of those grassroots efforts. So yes, social media is a digital component, but how can you mix in uh, like localized things? So something I was just consulting somebody on on today that's starting to do and step out and do something different, do uh, like, I guess you can call it like a mastermind. Um, and so what I told her to do is commit to 12. So one a month, that's doable for most people but make sure that you find 12 items that you can deliver to your, I mean, a mastermind's usually, you know, less than 10. So items that you can deliver every month that they will open during that mastermind session that you're going to have on Zoom and just make it part of the, the experience. Uh, we saw that with clients that we did, like we had a, a tanning salon and they had vehicles and we said, throw some tanning beds and like one tanning bed in the back of your van, get a generator and offer um, <laughs> driveway tanning. And they're like, what? And so they tried it and it was very successful because it was just you in there. They could clean it all out after the fact. It was a way that people could tan and it just felt like that 10 minutes of alone time away from the kids, away from the family, out of the house, even though they were just steps away from the house. But it's just those things of like stepping out of the box. And that's why I always get excited about social media because it allows you to have those opportunities that you typically wouldn't have. I love that example. <laughs> uh, drive by, or drive, what would you call it? Drive, drive by up, tanning, yeah. Drive by tanning, that's, that's uh, fantastic. Um, yeah, we talked a little bit about this on our last podcast. Um, you know, some of us marketers were just 
as much as, as as crazy as the pandemic was, we were also kind of excited because it got us back into thinking outside of the box and, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about some of these new and exciting ideas. So I, I definitely love to see that. Um, you mentioned video and photos. Let's talk about those two for a second. Why are these so important for social? What are some tips for us to consider when we're using uh, video and photos? Kind of all that. Sure. Um, so what I t- uh, typically look at is for photos is you have to make them kind of like craveable, I would say would be a good word. Um, this photo has to get you to react. Uh, and most of the time, the photo is the first thing you see before you even read the caption or text that's attached to that photo. So I would look at how this photo is going to make you want to stop in, how your photo is going to make you want to sh- tell somebody else about it, uh, or how your photo is going to make you want to take a next step as far as going to the website or booking this or booking that or whatever that may be. Um, so something that we tried uh, in playing off of the the crazy year that 2020 was is I went to Party City and I was looking for some props and Party City usually hooks me up. And so I went there and I saw that their primary decorations for the new year was FU 2020. And that was the big banner. Those were hats. Those were streamers. Like it was the whole thing. And I was like, I immediately just started laughing in the store. And I said, <laughs> I'm getting this. And so I grabbed it. And so we put that onto behind our team. Um, and it's not typically something we would post on our page. But what I did is I encouraged people to comment because I'm like, okay, we've dealt with so much. A lot of us have just kind of kept that frustration in. As you mentioned, you know, it's been a crazy political season. And so I was like, this is kind of can be a positive way for people to just express it out in the new year, comment FU 2020, just get it out of there and just move on. And but anybody who commented, what we did is we decided to donate a dollar to the local Children's Grief Center. Um, And so we kind of made something as far as like, you know, but that's something that you see that post, you're gonna be like, what is this about? We're not used to seeing something like that. And then they read the caption goes with it. Then they see the positive message behind it. That positive message allows us to get media coverage. And you always want to look at how you can get beyond the social media for that. And there's just so many benefits to it. So that's why I always encourage people to do is look at how can you take one idea and really make it a big moment. Um, something that we did as far as the photo thing is, um, when we launched this company, we always wanted to look at how we could be just more than just a social media company. And we're kind of unique because that's the only thing we do is social media and have since we've launched. Um, but we looked at like Tom shoes and how you buy a pair of shoes, you give a pair of shoes. And so we looked at how can we do something like that for us? So what we did is towards the end of the Christmas holiday uh, break, we posted a teaser um, on our profile picture and we just changed our profile picture. And I think that's an area that gets underutilized for sure like we forget about it. we don't think of doing anything with it and we should because it's something that is attached to every single post that we put for a period of time and so what we did is we made it a little calendar icon that says big news january 5 and so and what we also made sure we did is once we changed that is that we put a daily story up so they would see it at the top of their feed as far as the story section on a facebook instagram and then they would see it in our postings that we would do on our page. And so I had people, even one of our employees text me like, what's the big news? And I'm like, you know what the big news is. You work here. But she's like, oh, I just wanted to make sure it was, wasn't something else. And I was like, all right. And I had people texting me. I had uh, people calling me like, you can tell me. I won't tell anybody. I'm like, nope, got to wait. And so the excitement was was being brought. And so um, So what we decided to do is on January 5th, we launched kind of our charitable arm of Digital Mitten. 
and we launched uh, ability to to kind of give back, and we do it in a in a program that we're calling Mittens for the Mitten. So it's kind of a playoff of our name. It kind of impacts uh, the state that we love being in, and it allows us to set aside a percentage of every invoice that we bill during the year of 2021 and put it into a separate account. And then in the fall, we're going to um, cash in what we have in that account, um, and we're going to buy as many mittens as we can. But we wanted to, again, make it more localized. So we teamed up with a company in Pontiac called Michigan Mittens. Love the name. And Connie and her team said, we would love to be part of this. So they gave us a great deal on mittens. And we're going to get them produced. But we want them to be like cool, trendy, like um, sayings that people want. Like we want this to be kind of like a sought after thing. And we're not just going to give it to kids that we quest them. We're going to give them to all kids. And so we know that it's going to take us several years to hit a bunch of elementary schools, but we're going to start locally with one of our clients, so Bay City Public Schools, um, and hit as many elementary buildings as we can. We might not hit them all the first year, and that's okay, but we're going to start there and then just grow from there. And so from that, we were able to generate so much media coverage from that and, um, and just really um, kind of step ahead of some of our, I guess you could say competitors and just think outside of the box. And it's something that I love doing. My wife's a teacher, so it just really fit with who we are. So, so that's something that I would encourage companies to do is look at how can you start this fresh new year off with something new, something different, make it exciting, get people's interest, pique their interest a little bit, tease it, uh, look at using some things like a profile picture or look at, you know, teasing it on stories. Um, and just, and just, if you're excited for something and you're passionate about something, your audience is going to feel that. And that's what your pictures and photos should generate. Uh, we just did a teaser with a client yesterday. It's a law firm. And we did something. It's not really innovating. It's something that we, we took his name and we go on Main Street. So we call it Pat on Main. And he goes down and interviews people and just ask them random questions. And he's a law firm. So sometimes it's law questions. Most times it's just random questions. Obviously, we haven't done that in a while because of the pandemic. So yesterday we filmed like a teaser where we showed like the empty streets and we showed like the smokestack and we showed empty chairs. And so we had it. He was like walking out of a, one of those plastic igloos. And then you see his feet walking on one of our famous, the Tridge that we have in Midland. Um, and we're making like this trailer type version to tease up like, hey, the series is coming back, like get ready for it. And so using video to kind of, you know, have fun in that direction um, is what I would encourage people to do. I love that idea, Jeff, you know, uh, just kind of, again, stepping into something new, using videos, using photos to kind of make it captivating and engaging. What would you say, though, to companies? I know a lot of companies who think I've got to do video and it's got to be this $20,000 video or it's got to be super produced. Uh, what, what would your recommendation be? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people are intimidated to get in front of the camera. And I tell them that just because you do video doesn't mean your face has to be on it. Um, you have a lot of people in your company. And a lot of times, like as we get to know companies, we're like, that person should be the one in front of the camera. Um, or sometimes you can do video and you don't have to show your face. You can flip it around and kind of show what it is that you're looking at or show what it is that you're exploring, like opening up a new box or maybe it's a new item that you just got in or, you know, maybe it's uh, you giving high fives to the UPS person or whatever it may be. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with it. Like we just did one um, yesterday with uh, with one of our clients where we got two of their employees 
and we kind of did like a Super Bowl challenge. And so we have two people like go on the ball and see how far they can go and things like that. Um, and we, you know, we had like somebody like grab a Snickers and take a big bite out and be like, all right, I'm time to step this up for real. Um, and again, minimal products, minimum cost. Um, but you can do those things uh, with Facebook Live. I think a lot of people don't think of using live for those those types of things, but it's it's a perfect dimension for it. Facebook Lives get way more video views than a traditional video. Uh, Facebook Lives allows you to thank your viewers in real time. Um, something I would encourage you as you do Facebook Lives, and I, t- I tend to start mine off in this way, is I say, hey, if you're watching it live, comment the word live. If you're watching it later, hit the word replay. And it's just something simple, but most people do it. And again, it's that interaction and they're telling Facebook, I want to see more from this brand. And the more they interact, the more they see. And so you kind of have to coach your audience and what you want them to do. Don't be afraid to ask them. Um, But also don't be afraid to look at how you can use video to share a tip. Maybe it's not you on the screen, but maybe it's, it's a PowerPoint presentation, or maybe it's um, some things like you're showing how to do something. Something I bought during the pandemic was for one of our clients is one of those little like necklaces that actually hold your phone so you can like cook or do something with your hands and it records the whole portion because again, we didn't have access to go in a lot of the places that we normally would to capture this video footage. So we started thinking of ways of how we can make it simple for our, our um, clients to do so on their own. Um, so there's all kinds of things that you can utilize for that. If you don't have the ability to edit, um, something as simple as Fiverr is something where you can go and you can hire somebody for really little cost and they can do some video editing. Or during the pandemic, we had so many students home and bored, tap into some of those students and say, Hey, would you love to build up your portfolio? Or, Hey, I know people are having a hard time getting an internship bring them on to help you do video editing or bring them on to help you, you know, write content or any of those things. I mean, they're there, they're available in the cost. I mean, I know some students that would love to trade some food (laughs) for, for work. You know what I mean? So again, think outside the box as far as how you can get assistance as well. Upwork is another good uh, freelance site too, for people that are looking for, you know, video, photography, marketing, uh, podcasting, which of course I want to talk about, but a good example of what you mentioned with Facebook live, what I've been trying to do, because one of our goals with our podcast was to get the video aspect of it as well, because we're recording the podcast. Why not bring that video too? And I think there's a, an, an extra element to, you know, we edit our podcast. I go through and I take out all the bad stuff. That's why you never hear Megan or I make a mistake. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, there would be a fun component to doing a Facebook Live. And what I'd like to do is Facebook Live for example, our recording of this podcast, say, and that would be a great way that people could, as we're, uh, you know, we're, we're talking and, and, and doing live, they could be asking questions. So if they have a question that they want us to relate to you, they could do that. It'd be a cool interactive piece. And then that would also kind of be the behind the scenes where they'd get to hear all the mistakes that we made in all the outtakes that we do uh, that don't make it to the final polished version, because I do go through and we fully produce it and we put the intro in and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that's great that you bring that up because that's a great example. And I'm still trying to figure out the the layer of it is when we when we bring people on remotely because we're not all together is how I'm when I'm recording on Facebook Live is bringing the audio of the people in the other locations that I haven't been able to figure out yet. But I will figure it out one of these days. 
And um, YouTube Live is an, is another one that people can do um, videos on. But Jeff, I want to talk to you because I understand that you have your own podcast. I mean, podcasting is hot right now, but I think there's a learning curve to that. And I also think that people have the idea that podcasting is this very difficult thing to do. And I don't think that it has to be. So how could marketers embrace that um, as another way to pivot during these times? Yeah. Great question. Um, I have, I actually started another podcast during the pandemic. Um, so one of my buddies who's working at home, he's like, Hey man, let's, let's do something. And so we did one, we're calling it Datapreneur. Um, both dads, he works at fortune 500 company. I work at my own company. And so we can share different things and talk about our family and all those different things. But, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of us had a little extra time on our hands during the pandemic. Some of us were not able to do much more than we could always do because it took us 10 times more steps to do things that we normally would do. Um, but like you mentioned, to record a podcast and have it be a video format allows you to then take the audio and make it a traditional podcast. You can take the video and you can then put it on YouTube. So you're providing some element there. You're building up that channel. You're taking the audio and like I said, making a podcast. You can then take parts of the uh, podcast and make it short little bite-sized videos for either stories or quick little 15, 30 second clips for a social media post. You can take phrases and uh, facts that were shared during that podcast and make those visual component posts. Um, so there's just so much that you can gather from one setting and make it a long-standing um, content. And even like I said, even the, some of the stuff where you mess up on, like it's okay because people don't pre prefer and don't expect perfection they want natural. And we've seen that through uh, Zoom. Um, you know, not everything is polished and looks great. You know what I mean? But we feel like we connect with them more, like people are more relatable, like bosses that you think that's like, oh, they're way up here. Like you could see that <laughs> we, we have a lot of similarities. Um, and I know like my youngest used to love to come on the camera and, and say hi to everybody for a moment of time. And, you know, it's just something to kind of share more of who you are and allow people to connect with you more. And if you make a mistake or if it's not perfect, people are like, Hey, they're more human. It's not, you know, when it's, when it's polished, sometimes it comes across as like an advertisement. And I think with those mistakes, it makes it more relatable. I remember my wife was watching some show on food network and usually I just kind of tune it out. But, um, but at one point during the show, he's like, Hey, I want to give a shout out to my wife. Who's doing the camera. And his wife was holding an iPhone on a stabilizer. And so I messaged him on LinkedIn and I was like, do you record your whole show with iPhones? And he surprisingly messaged me back and he said, yes, since the pandemic, we, my son holds a phone. And, he, and then so I went through his Instagram page and I saw behind the scenes photos of uh, iPods and iPhones on different uh, tripods and stabilizers. And that's how he does his cooking show. And he's able to continue. And it looks just great because, you know, he has video editors that makes it put it all together. And I'm just like, if Food Network can do this, anybody can do this. And so I want to be intimidated with the fact of doing a podcast. There's so much equipment that you can get at minimal cost. Um, and for me, like I'm a huge sponsor person. I had my entire wedding sponsored. We had 19 sponsors. We had companies donate flowers and DJ and the cake. Um, we even had a, a car dealership give us a convertible to drive away in after the wedding was over. So. Uh, so reach out to companies and the cheapest way for them to get exposure is to trade something. You think of the cost of a cake. 
for her to get the exposure of us, we were on TV, we were in a magazine, we had a blogs pick us up, we had the logos on the outside of the limo bus. And so look, trade maybe some of that equipment um, or some of those things that you need and say, hey, I'll make you a sponsor for my podcast. And I'll mention you every time I do a podcast and I'll tag your social media page uh, on a post when I go to post it live. And then that's a way that you can get some of the things that you need uh, for the cost. And something else I would pick up, it's called Pod Decks. It's like a deck of cards, but it's really cool icebreaker questions that you can ask during your podcast. And I think you can pick up a pack for like 20 bucks. Um, but that's something that I saw and it allows you to just kind of, again, it's just little things that makes it easier for you to be able to put a podcast together. Um, so those would be some of my advice as far as like, you know, starting down that journey of doing a podcast. Well, and a prime example of that is, you know, our AMA uh, marketers in motion podcast. We purchased the equipment to do that. I think we spent, uh, maybe 300, $350 total. We got a, you know, digital mixer for 150 bucks. We got a set of four microphones. And I mean, you don't need top of the line equipment to get a pretty decent sounding recording. I mean, you, you can do that. Now there's a lot of tricks to that because of course we were traveling and going to different locations and every location poses different audio challenges. So we teamed up with River City Studios online at rivercitystudios.com. And it's so much easier for us because we show up, they've got all of the professional equipment. I'm recording there now. So I've got Roy, awesome sound guy on the other side of the window. And, you know, I'm going to leave here with a, a professionally recorded track and I don't have to worry about setup and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're trading that in, in turn for a sponsorship with AMA. So we promote River City Studios throughout our AMA um, organization, through our chapter, through all the things we do on social media, we tag them. So that's a prime example of, uh, again, yes, you can do it on your own, but if you can work with somebody else, particularly a professional recording studio, you know, boom, um, that's another step in, in the right direction. And what we also saw during this pandemic is a lot of people that we did typically didn't have time to like be able to be available for us to do a podcast worth, like they were home and they were available and you could get them quickly on a call or something like that and make that possible. Um, and also it just allows you to kind of be an expert in your field because you're kind of a step above maybe some of your competitions by having it, kind of, it gives you that credibility by having a podcast i would say yeah definitely positions you at, a, at a, as a professional in your your field your subject and and it makes you relatable i mean people feel like they know you they trust you and and again if you you don't have to do it as you're selling something and trying not to sell something but you can be the foremost uh, you know, professional on your, your subject. And when people think of, oh, I need that, they're going to think of you. All right. So those are all really great uh, suggestions, Jeff. Um, I want to transition a little bit and talk about, this is a, this is a question or topic we get all the time, social media metrics, measuring the ROI. How do we do that? How do we prove to our stakeholders that social media is worth it to invest in? So what kind of advice would you give for, for marketers in this space? Yeah, I mean, it's important. We have to know, you know, social media providing X, Y, Z. And that's why, again, I and uh, consult my clients to really step back and as they're developing a content calendar, typically, like I said, a lot of our brands don't post every day. Uh, so if you look at it, it's maybe every other day, which would be 15 posts typically. Um, but if you look at maybe spreading it out, maybe it's around 10 to 12. And so you look at, okay, what's the 10 or 12 things that I'm going to say this month that are going to provide a return or what is this post going to get in return? So you have to look at how can this promote post really 
make uh, a reaction. Um, so what I would look at is looking at how much traction you can get organically without doing any ad dollars and seeing what you can do to get and say, okay, um, and have that be a measurable result. So you can go to your director and say, okay, this is what we can get using stories and using uh, the video components, maybe pushing out podcasts and those types of things, doing contests, teasing things, changing our profile picture, changing our cover, uh, you know, using Facebook shops or Instagram shops to list products and gift cards and those types of things. And so this is kind of our level of what we can get. If we start putting some ad dollars behind, this is how we can elevate that and show, you know, again, looking at, you know, 12, 15 posts a month, you know, maybe half of them, let's try putting some ad dollars behind it and see what we can get there. Um, and then start, I mean, social media is something that you're always playing around with. Um, it's never a finished product. It's never done. It's always ongoing. And so by, you know, testing things out and putting some ad dollars behind it, see how does that elevate and say, okay, if we're going to spend these dollars, then we really have to say, okay, we need to cover that cost and then some with this particular post. So how are we really going to make sure that that happens with this type of post? Um, and then from there, you know, just to start simple is looking at something like Facebook insights. There's a lot of companies that don't look at that at all. And something that you can do on Facebook insights is you can actually watch other pages and typically you'd want to watch your competitors and it allows you to just see where you stand. So we do this with our clients just from the gate to say, you know, when we're usually, you know, talking with them and seeing about the possibilities for us to work together is we say, okay, well, let's see where you're at today. And in real time, we, we type in their competitors, they tell us who they are, and then we can see, okay, this is where you stand as far as fans. And again, fans mean a lot to people. But again, it's not just about the number of people that follow you, but it does hold some weight. Um, and that's usually a moving metric as far as, okay, let's do something different to try to get more fans. And then they can see where they are as far as growth. How is their page growing? It's a week by week analysis, but it so shows how your page is growing from the previous week. And if they see, hey, we're, we're in the red and all of our competitors are in the green, again, that's a moving metric. And then we can also look at the very last column, which to me is the most important, is engagement, likes, comments, and shares. And so you can see like, hey, just because I have maybe 10,000 less followers than my competitors, I'm getting three times more engagement than they are. So again, that kind of allows you to use, okay, it's not just about the man, man, amount of people I have following my page, it's about them interacting with my content. And if you're seeing like, hey, I'm getting crushed by my competitors, then you have to look at, okay, what type of content are they doing and what am I doing? And when you're in that insight section, you can actually click on the name of the page and it will show you the last postings that they've done and you can see the type of engagements it's, it's getting. And it allows you to see, okay, either we're doing the same things or we're not. And then we can say, okay, here's where we need to switch things up. So it really allows you to be a roadmap and it's just a simple part of insights. Um, some stuff, and it's totally free. It's already built in, it's ready to go. You just have to set it up and it takes a matter of minutes to do so. Um, if you want to take it even further, then you can look at doing something like Agora Pulse is one that we've used or Sprout Social is another one that we've used. Both of them are minimal cost, but it allows you to, actually Agora Pulse is one that we're using today. And it, they actually put together in your reporting tool, the ROI. And so they can say, okay, based on the amount of fans you have, based on your competitors, based on the amount of content you're sharing and how much interaction it's receiving and how much you're growing and those types of things, this would be our determine ROI on what it is that you're getting. Uh, and that's usually a good area to again, showcase and say, okay, this is what social media is providing. 
Um, so that's something that I would look at doing. And that again, allows you because right now, otherwise you're just going in blinded. You think, Hey, I'm on target. Hey, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm being competitive. And it really, if you don't look at that type of stuff, you're not going to know, like we are proud as a company. I mean, we have 2000 some followers on our page. We're not, you know, a big, huge agency by any means we're a team of three, but when we're able to beat M live statewide, who has 8,000 plus followers, we consider that a success moment, you know, and we like to celebrate nothing against him live, love him live, love Eric and his team. But again, just to be able to have that little fun uh, component. And again, it goes back to the content. If you make a big deal out of things, your, your, um, your coworkers and your, your audience is going to, you know, gravitate towards that. So that's kind of how I would look at, you know, paid versus organic, um, and look at, uh, how you can measure, uh, ROI. Back in uh, February 2019, that would have been our second episode, Social Media's Next Era, Era. I believe the number that we had there was organic reach was roughly 2% um, on, on pages without doing any kind of boosted posts. Do you have any idea where that number would be at nowadays or if that's changed much? The last number I've heard for Facebook is 1.6%. Oh, it just keeps going down. I don't know. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, but you see that higher on lives. You see that higher on stories. Um, so and even like the, the fact of using like 3D photos changes all of that. Wow. Yeah. More tools yeah. and things mm-hmm. keep things keep evolving. So let's let's start to, to wrap up the conversation. Uh, of course, we got our great ending with why questions that we have to ask you as well. But um, let's talk okay. about some predictions as far as what you see coming in, in 2021. I mean, there's been a lot of, of course, in the news, um, there's been a lot of things happening with with social media, um, with politics and, and whatnot. But um, I guess all of that aside, what are you thinking in 2021? What's going to be hot? What's going to be not anything new on the horizon? Anything going away? Uh, well, um, there's a thing called Parlor, or there was a thing called Parlor. Um, I saw, I saw on the weekend that there's a Parlor with a OR that was uh, the number third highest free downloaded app, and I was like, not the right one, um, but. So maybe if you change your name to that, you can see some growth. I don't know. Um, but so what I see is uh, um, the use of like um, expanding into bite-sized moments of content. I know my wife is addicted to TikTok. She's like, I want to be a TikTok star. And I'm like, well, we can help you. But of course, she doesn't want my advice. She wants to do it on her own. So, um, so but um, but I see her like, spending hours on that platform um and it's a way to be entertained and people i know people are learning stuff from it um so i would look at and maybe not jump into tiktok if you don't have that ability but just look at tiktok for inspiration i know when it first came out i was looking at that getting new ideas for our clients just from tiktok alone um so that's something that i look at for that as far as predictions i don't see you know, this connection as far as social media connection going away. I really look at how social media can, again, make in-person connections. Um, It allows you, like I said, people want to know what they can get into before they get into it. So if you can showcase that and the brands that are doing that and the brands that find an individual that people can relate to um, or look at ways that they can create a brand around it by taking phrases or taking um 
you know, making a shirt or something like that. Uh, I know with Pioneer Sugar, they have a mascot called Pete the Sugar Beet, and they used him in cartoon like uh, like a coloring book. And I said, um, and they had a stuffed animal. And I said, why aren't we doing anything with with him on social media? And they're like, I don't know. We never thought about it. And I said, well, give me one. So they gave me one. And we started doing a 12 days of sweetness during the holidays. And so we took the little plush and we had him do 12 fun little things with sugar, uh, like make a um, a powder sugar snow angel and and do a marshmallow snowball fight. And and he just started gravitating. And then people's like, I want to buy one. And I remember my wife helped me put lipstick on them. And I took one of my daughter's bows and we made Betty beat. And then now we have produced, we have a female version and we have a, a male version of this little plush and people buy them like crazy. And so it's like, how can you take online and turn it into an actual product? We saw that with McDonald's, look how they partnered with, uh, you know, celebrities to make their own sandwich. And I saw those Lady Gaga Oreos and Five Below yesterday when I was there. Again, we have a lot of people that aren't able to do things they typically want it. I saw a lot of people doing virtual shows and you can do a virtual um, tip jar and those types of things. Um, so that's what I would look at is how you can uh, kind of make social media become an experience. Well, I saw a coffee shop that did um, where they had these bags. And I remember picking one up for my daughter and then they went on Facebook live and they put this little craft together during this select day and select time by picking up a bag that was like five bucks or something like that, that you would get through the drive through. So I don't see those things going away. So I really encourage companies to look at how you can make social media experience. People want to, uh, and we talked about this for a long time. Like you can give stuff away all day long. Like I can give iPads away left and right, but an iPad doesn't hold as much weight as somebody being able to go trick-or-treating with a mascot. You know, that's something that you're going to remember. That's something that's going to generate photos. That's something that people are going to take for many, many years. And that's going to be a much stronger connection than just giving something away. So that's what I would look at is how can you, you know, create some aspect of your brand that can be an in-life experience that people can take and generate, like the fact of um, seeing people turn their parking lots into outdoor movie theaters and things of that sort. Like how can you get people back to your brand for other things than just what you do on a day to day? So that's would be where I see social media going. All right, Jeff, one last question that I have to ask, cause it's, it's burning in the back of my head, especially as a big, as big as you are into social media. Okay. I'm assuming you've seen the social dilemma on Netflix. I have. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what what be your thoughts on that? It's uh, it's kind of creepy, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, is that we're all kind of it's it's a matter of what you what you share, and I think that's why social media is so valuable. I remember sharing a stat just uh, I think it was last week on how much information that Facebook Messenger obtains from us than traditional Apple SMS texting, um, and then an app like Signal who takes nothing from us. Um, so they say, um, <laughs> but, um, but the thing is, is with that, it allows us to know exactly our audience. We know people are more impost buyers. We know people are passionate about things. You think of the six different option. I saw the care option went away on, on, on Facebook. I was, I was uh, sad about that. They went back down to the six, but those different, uh, options for, 
uh, reactions and sad face and angry face and happy face and laughing face. Those are metrics that we can use to see, okay, what is our audience gravitating towards? What, how do they perceive this type of post? Um, we can pinpoint locations that we can advertise to um, and put a pin on our location and go a certain radius. And so I think it is, it's the fact that like, ultimately you choose how much you want to share. You choose who you interact with. You choose how you want to engage. And just knowing that if you're using a free tool to do that, that it's kind of a give and take. Um, it's just like when you enter a contest, you know, I've always wanted to win the publisher's clearing house and have them come to my house with a big check and a bunch of balloons and give me a thousand dollars for a week for life. But if I do that, I know that I'm going to give them all my information and they're going to sell my information and people are going to be calling me left and right. But it's like, it's a, it's what you take to try to, to get something. So it's the same thing with social media. If you're not comfortable with that, then I mean, a lot of people are gravitating towards that one-on-one connection where they can message you privately, um, you know, where it deletes and goes away, supposedly, you know what I mean? And if that gives you more <laughs> peace of mind, then those are options for you. Um, but, uh, but again, if you're not comfortable with that, then I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, (laughs) you see people step away from it, but you see people gravitating towards it. Like Facebook's number one goal is to get us to spend more time on their platform. If they can get an extra minute out of you a week, and then the next week they can get another minute and so on and so forth. That's their goal. And they know what to put to show us to get us to stay there just a little bit longer. And that's why they know that they can get an hour out of my wife on TikTok. Um, and they know next week they can probably get an hour and 15 minutes and so on and so forth. Um, and by having that information, you cut out the guessing game because so, traditional marketing sometimes is a guessing game. You now have all of that information at your fingertips to know, like, without a question, this post is getting this result. And I can get in front of this audience for the lowest cost that I've ever been able to do so as quick as possible and as effective as possible. And that I know that that's going to generate this response. And so you just have to look at how you can, you know, all of us want to see stuff that's relevant to us. And so this information and that they can pinpoint that allows us to get a better experience. And that's what Facebook is also trying to do is the best experience you have, the more you check the platform, the more you're on, the more you share, the more you interact. And so all of those different things, it's just like a place where you go to and they know you by name and they know what you like to eat and they know where you like to sit and they know, you know, what you want to order before you even order it. It's that same thing on social media. If you want that type of an experience, then unfortunately you have to share something with them just like you share with that server or just like you share with that business owner or just like you share with that that re- that relative that you, you think about it with um, the people we connect with the most knows more about us. Like those friends that are in our inner circle, they know a lot more about us and that's why we feel comfortable to share more information. So if you feel like something knows you more, you're going to kind of open the doors a little bit more and share that. And I, and Facebook has mastered that. They really have. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think as marketers, we can see the good, as you explained, you know, how we can target and how we can send more content, you know, instead of doing the shotgun junk approach of sending whatever to everybody to see what sticks, like you can really target that. And I can appreciate that as a marketer. Um, It's just when, you know, a few bad apples uh, spoil the bunch, when bad stuff happens and, you know, major um, 
Cambridge Analytica and that kind of stuff. And and I think it, back to your point too, it's it's an education on the part of the users, just so everybody understands that you are in control of what you share. And um, yeah, as you said, just be cognizant. If you're doing something for free, then Google is collecting data on you and Facebook and and all of those platforms. So mm-hmm. um, let the user beware, I guess is what they say. So <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap things up. This has been an awesome conversation and, and it, I, I love it because we could go on talking for hours and hours and hours, but um, we want to learn a little bit more about you based off of Simon Sinek's starting with why. We want to know what is your why? What makes you do what you do? What makes you tick? I think my why, even though lately it's been Funko Pops and those that can't see me on camera see the 180 some behind me, but um, my why is certainly, it's certainly my my family. I've always been a social butterfly, as people call you. Um, and so to be able to, like, I love sharing like breaking news and this is coming to town or this is, you know what I mean? This is happening in town. I really love supporting my community and I never thought I'd have a job where I just get paid to be on Facebook and Instagram all day, but honestly, that's kind of what I do. And it's just, it's just my why it allows me to, to like make experiences. I've learned it like, and and this is what we talk about with that dadpreneur podcast, seeing what other people are doing makes you like more accountable. Like I feel like, all right, we all have that little bit of competitiveness. So it's like, if you see somebody and I get this a lot, like I, I love making experiences with my kids And so to showcase that online and to get messages from other dads to say, like, you doing that with your kids, that inspires me to want to do something with my kid. And thanks for sharing that. You know, just just those little moments, like my daughter and I would just sit there and play with a bunch of different Snapchat filters and just giggle for hours. You know what I mean? Um, Or we just sit there and we just watch videos on YouTube kids and things like that. So I guess that's my why. Well, probably kind of goes along with this, but who or what inspires you? I would say kind of my biggest um, mentor in the social media realm would be Jay Bear. Uh, I see him like um, milestones ahead of me. Uh, he has a big company. He's, uh, I think he speaks like 200 sometimes a year. And he doesn't live that far away. He just lives in Indiana. Um, and it was cool because, again, with social media, I was able to connect with him. And I took the six-hour drive to Indiana to spend an hour with him, drove six hours back, uh, we had lunch. This was, you know, a couple years ago. He took me on a ride in his Tesla, and it, just, it was just an experience that that we had. Um, so he's certainly an inspiration to me. Not to get you know emotional, whatever, but I certainly feel like uh, my wife's an inspiration to me. She runs circles around me, you know, and she's a teacher, like I said. And with this whole pandemic, I've seen her teach online, teach in person, teach online. Now she's going back to in person next month. You know, she's still able to like do so many amazing things. So uh, she inspires me for sure. Well, shout out to your wife and all the teachers. We appreciate them. Yeah. And if you uh, enjoyed the ride in that Tesla, let me know when you're in Grand Rapids. I'll take you for a spin in the Prius. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. Yes. It's a pretty sweet ride. Uh, What is your favorite book? And I know that you're a podcast guy. So favorite podcast. Yeah. So I will uh, say I'm not a huge book reader, but um, I try to be more selective and like do like one book a month. Um, so I would say my favorite book, and it kind of has to go back to, um, to Mr. J bear. Like he, I just learned so much from him and he has a one and it's called talk triggers and it allows you to identify what it is that people know you as a brand for. Like he talks about, um, the double tree hotel and how their thing is cookies. 
And it's something that they have that no other hotel has. And it's something that that's on the side of their vans. And it's, you know, it's something on all of their marketing and things like that. So, uh, so that was a book that really inspired me personally, but it also allowed me to inspire my clients too, as well. Um, as far as podcasts, I would have to say that it's one called the Friday habit and it's by my friend Ben and he's out, um, in Virginia and something that he does at his company is he sets aside Friday as a day for him and his team to not do any client work. All they do is they have like a team lunch. They talk about their high moments and their low moments from the week. Uh, They work on a project for the company and they just use that day to really grow each other as a team and really grow the company. Uh, Because a lot of times we're always victim to, we do marketing for everybody else. Our marketing gets put aside. Um, So that's something that we integrated from him and we do it's called Team Tuesday, um, and we do it um, on Tuesday because it works better than Fridays. Um, and so that's something that uh, I'm inspired by and have put in place and really seen the benefit for myself. It's allowed me, like I said, to step back and to have that break during the holidays that I've never really had before and able to cut myself off and say, okay, this is my limit. Um, and to be able to you know, be that dad and be that husband that, <laughs> that I want to be and not be that guy stuck behind a device at home. And that's all my kids know me as. So last question, last why question, we promise. But based on what you've learned throughout your career, it's all 18 years doing this. uh, What is one piece of advice that you would offer to others? That's tough. Um, hmm. I would guess I would say is the only thing that your competitors can't beat you on is customer service. That's something I'm seeing uh, not offered in big box stores. And so um, I think the local people certainly have that advantage to provide a unique experience where they're well uh, knowledgeable about what it is that they do. They have that uh, passion, otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. Um, And then they have that localized approach that you just can't get from other people. So I think if you keep customer service top of mind, I think it's going to allow you to hit everybody in in every other category. Um, I remember when I worked in retail, 16 years old, um, and the place that I worked at, they would not allow you to port. You had to walk them to something. You don't see that in stores too often anymore. Uh, And if something wasn't on the shelf, you had to physically scan it and check, even though you checked it five times prior, you just had to show them that, Hey, it's, it's, you know, give them that, that, personal experience and to say, Hey, we don't have this in, but I actually have this in that's very close by. Um, so I think that's something that, that I would say throughout my experience, customer service has allowed us to do so much with our clients and it's allowed us to grow as a company. So that would be my advice. I did not pay Jeff to say that (laughs) our our listeners know that I am, uh, you know, I'm very passionate about customer experience. And I know that we didn't get to talk too much about that today with social, but maybe we'll have you back on because I feel like that's a whole podcast in and of itself is is talking about that, but very good advice. Um, Thank you, Jeff, again, for joining us today. So many great insights. It was great to chat with you. I loved all your stories and examples that you shared. Um, If our listeners have additional questions or just want to say, hey, how do they contact you? Yeah, uh, I say I'm the easiest guy to get a hold of. I'm on every possible communication source there is. But certainly, um, you can go to digitalmitten.com. You can connect with us there. Um, I'm at Jeff DeHaven on almost every single platform. So you can connect with me on those. Um, But I would love to 
to, to chat more, to jump on a call or anything with anybody. So feel free to hit me up. Uh, I love talking about this. And as you see, I can talk about it all day long. So thank you again for the opportunity. I've had a blast and it was great to, to be part of this. Our pleasure. Thank you again. Jeff, where can we find your your podcast? I mean, I assume you're on iTunes and Stitcher and all all that. I am. So we are on pretty much everything. Um, we're on Pandora. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Anchor, um, uh, Spotify. So we're, we try to hit them all. Everything that we do is called Digital Mitten. So uh, the company is called Digital Mitten. The show is called Digital Mitten. The podcast is called Digital Mitten. Um, we make it simple. And Dadapreneur, right? Yep. Dadapreneur is the other one that we just launched uh, this month. And so that's something that people can check out the pilot episode. And then we have episodes that are going to be dropping every month on that one as well. Awesome. And that's on everything too. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. I mean, we're still going strong with our AMA uh, luncheon events. So don't forget they're virtual this year. Make sure to visit us online, amawestmichigan.org for the full lineup and for registration information about our upcoming events. Uh, again, Jeff joined us back in September uh, before the holidays, before the new year. So a lot has evolved since then. And don't forget, we do want to hear from you. What content are you loving? What do you want to hear more about? Just let us know. We encourage you to subscribe, uh, review, engage with us. Uh, as Jeff said, you know, we're on most of those platforms as well. iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, all of that, wherever you can find uh, your favorite podcasts, um, you know, get out there and and let's, let's talk marketing. Um, thanks, Megan. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, we hope to talk to you guys again very soon. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks so much. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is AMA.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe and share our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Don't forget important links, content, and resources will be included in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. What will you do with the information you learned today? Be inspired. Be creative. Be bold. Set your marketing in motion.